0: I'm Heidi Harris, welcome to the Heidi Harris Show podcast. I'm now doing these twice a week. I'll probably do them a Wednesday and Friday because I'm back on commercial radio now two hours a day, five days a week, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. at 670 AM KMZQ by popular demand. I'm doing more airtime locally so I'll be doing two podcasts a week. I wanna talk today about something people don't like to generally address and that is the issue of taking care of business as you get older even in the bible there are commandments to get your affairs in order if you know you're going to die and i think that i see a lot of people put things on facebook about impending deaths of family members or whatnot sometimes you know in advance they might be dying you have cancer you have this that whatever stroke whatever sometimes you don't know but if you know that your life is going to be short you have a few months or the doctor says you probably won't live another year but you might if that's the case You owe it to everybody you love to get your affairs in order. And I know that it's a touchy subject for a lot of people because some people, I don't know why, but they erroneously believe that if you start making moves to get your affairs in order, that that means you want to die. So if I don't get my affairs in order, if I don't do a will, if I don't give people my passwords or my bank account information or whatever, if I don't do any of that, then I'm not going to die. And that's the craziest thing in the world. Now, none of us knows when we're gonna die. I mean, I could step out in front of a truck today. I probably wouldn't because I'm not that stupid. I see plenty of people online doing that. You read stories about people who jaywalk and I do jaywalk on occasion when it's safe, when I've looked both ways. So I don't think I'll step in front of a truck, but there could be something else that would take my life that I wouldn't expect, car accident, whatever. It could certainly happen. But you have to be prepared especially if you get a warning. To me, when you get a warning that you're going to die, it is the greatest gift that God could give you. I know there are a lot of people say, I want to die in my sleep in the middle of the night and have nobody know anything about it or have no warning. I don't, I don't. If I had a choice of how I was going to die, I would want God to give me, I don't know, a few months to live some kind of diagnosis like that. And then I would have plenty of time to do the stuff that I'm advocating everybody else do. I mean, I have my affairs reasonably in order, but there's a lot more that I would do if I knew I only had a couple of months. And there's stuff you'd throw out, there's stuff you would designate to friends. My objective, if I thought I had a couple of months to live, would not be wallowing around in self-pity, in the fetal position, putting posts up on Facebook so somebody could pray for me. I mean, I'm a big believer in prayer. Don't get me wrong about that. But my number one objective, other than making sure that I was spiritually ready, which I believe I am, but I'd be wanting to read my Bible more and stuff like that. But my number one earthly priority, if I were dying, would be to make things easier for my husband. I would want him to know what to do with my stuff. I have a lot of stuff, everybody has a lot of stuff. And when spouses lose the partner, it's bad enough they lose somebody, now they're stuck with all your crap. <laughs> and some of it may be crap, some of it may not be. Um, I have a little small collection of figurines and I was telling my husband, some of them are valuable, some of them are not, not terribly valuable, but I said, listen, don't. if something happens to me, don't garage sale these things. <laughs> you need to talk to a collector or somebody may actually want them. A lot of people have collections of various things, right? But when people are grieving, bad things can happen to things you've cared about a long time. Now, by the way, you might care about something for decades and it means nothing to somebody else. It reminds you of something you did in your past. And obviously, I'm sure my husband would throw away all my scrapbooks and I've got an entire box full of nothing but credentials for various events I've gone to in radio. Why do I keep them? I don't know. Everybody has stuff they don't need, right? You really should care about the people you leave behind, and you should make it as easy as you possibly can. I knew a woman a while back who passed away from something another family member of mine has, and that's how I got to know her for a few weeks before she died, literally for a few weeks. She passed away. She was in the hospital. I don't know that they expected her to die right then. Her son couldn't find the title to her car. I mean, just little things like that, come on, get it together. Say to your son, here's the thing, son, I want you to have this, this, and this, or here's the title, here's this, here's that. How hard is this to at least make it clear to one person you trust? And if you don't trust your son or you wanna put everything in an envelope, you know, passwords and all that kind of stuff in case you pull through, great. But have it all in one place, one file folder, one whatever. Passwords are such an important thing now That if you don't have a password or a lot of passwords for various things, bank accounts, Facebook, uh, you may want to post something on their Facebook page, whatever. If you don't have passwords and access to this stuff, it makes your life a living nightmare if you're the survivor of someone who dies. So I'm just making the point that it's super important to take care of the people you love if you truly love them. As far as I'm concerned, this is the final act of loving them. And I'll say something else because my father was a cancer patient many years ago. Some of you may know that. And he passed away almost 14 years ago. And the last few months of his life, he was on hospice care. Why was he in hospice? He was in hospice because there was nothing that medical science could do for him. He had a type of cancer that is pretty deadly. And it came back, which it usually does. It metastasized to his liver. And I know I've heard stories about people who survived liver cancer. I have a friend whose dad's 80-something. He survived stage four liver cancer. How he made it, I don't know. But bottom line, there was nothing medical science could have done for my dad. And so he spent the last few months in hospice, you know, in our home. He wasn't in hospice. And they'd come to the house and they'd bring the pills and all that kind of stuff. And they have a nurse and a social worker who comes to visit. But ultimately, we're the ones who took care of him. He lived longer, twice as long as the doctor predicted, partially because when they first diagnosed him, he wasn't really sick yet. They found that it had metastasized because they were looking for it. And so I kept pumping him with food. I'm no great cook, but I would invite him over for dinner every night. Dad, come on over, we're cooking. I'd give him food and try to keep him moving. and, And he was doing very well till literally a few weeks before he died. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't have pain, but not miserable pain. He wasn't in misery because he didn't spend the last six months of his life in a chemo chair. And in the case of my father, his oncologist actually called me screaming when I signed him up for hospice. Of course, because the oncologist would love to have seen my dad sitting in his office for the last six months taking futile chemo treatments. Now, I'm not against chemotherapy. I think it helps some people. But I do wonder if some people survive in spite of it and not because of it. And in my dad's case, it wouldn't have helped him at all. In fact, one of my dad's friends is a doctor who was one of his friends for 50 years. And uh, he didn't say anything when my dad was diagnosed. And once my dad made the decision on his own, not to do any kind of chemo or whatever, because it would have helped. His his friend said, you did exactly the right thing. That's exactly what I would do. Uh, but he didn't advise him prior to my dad making the decision, and I didn't either. Listen, there's nowhere I wouldn't have taken my dad if I thought he could have survived it. I talked to MD Anderson in Texas. Um, I talked to various places. There was nothing they could really do other than make him miserable. And so the reason I tell you all this is because hospice, in some people's minds, is the grim reaper showing up at the door with the sickle in the hood. If I call hospice, that means I wanna die. No, it doesn't mean you wanna die. It does not mean you wanna die. It means that you have decided you're no longer going to be subjecting yourself to treatments that aren't going to save your life. There comes a point when the cancer is everywhere, whatever, they can't save you. So why don't you enjoy what's left of your life and not be sick? And once again, this is a personal decision for every person. I do understand that. But I don't know why people think hospice is such a terrible thing. And too many people wait too long to call in hospice. My dad was on hospice care for six months. He wasn't sick, literally like to the last month of his life. But he was on hospice. They would come once a week, bring him pills, you know, visit, da-da-da, that kind of thing. So hospice isn't one of those things you call in where you go in two days before you die to go in that building and die. That's not what hospice is supposed to be. It can actually be a great thing if you're objective enough about it and say, you know what, I'm just not going to spend the last six months of my life miserable. And my dad said, I'd rather have six months not miserable, you know, than, you know, or or three months, because the doctor told him he had three months with nothing and six months if he did palliative chemo. So in other words, even the doctor realized that he wasn't going to survive it. And so my dad wound up living seven months doing nothing at all, other than, you know, the pain stuff that he got from the hospice folks. So hospice is not the grim reaper with the sickle on the hood. It's actually somebody saying, I'm taking control of my life and doing what I need to do. And I'm going to give you another point that really bothers me. When people talk about death, they say, well, you know, he has a positive attitude. He's going to fight this. Whoa, 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 whoa. I have to tell you, that infuriates me. When somebody says that now, of course, having a positive attitude is always good in everything in life And my father had a positive attitude. My dad was very pragmatic. He's like, well, something's got to kill me He wasn't in a hurry to die. My dad did not want to die. He enjoyed his life But it's insulting to the people who've died to say Well, they just have to have a will to live when you say that to somebody or find yourself starting to say that to somebody Do me a favor as the daughter of a cancer patient. Don't Don't do it Don't say, well, you know, it's all about your attitude. It's not all about your attitude. Sometimes that's how God is going to take you out. And you can use that cancer battle to be courageous and be an example to other people, or you can use that cancer battle to show everybody how fearful you are of death. Now, as a Christian, I'm confident about where I'm going after death. So if I were to get cancer, I would hope to be an example to people that know you don't have to be in fear. Sure, if there's something you can do, you might try to do it. But if there's not, I don't know. I gotta be honest with you. I don't have children. I don't know that I would take chemo for almost anything. I don't think I would. But I would listen to the doctor if I were diagnosed with cancer. But bottom line, please don't insult people who've died from cancer or various diseases by saying, well, you know what? They had a strong will to live. That's why they made it. No, it's not. It's incredibly insulting because people die every single day from various diseases who have everything to live for and really want to live. So the next time you deal with somebody who's a cancer patient or someone who's passed away or whatever, do me a favor and just please don't say, well, it's all about your attitude. You know, if you're really tough, You fight it really hard, then you'll make it. Not true. Not true at all. But the overwhelming thing I want to get through to you is if you are dying, everybody should have their stuff in order anyway. I get it. Most of us don't. But if you know that the possibility is very likely that you're going to die, do yourself a favor, do your family members a favor, and get yourself together. Get your affairs in order. It's the most loving thing you can do for those people. And to not do it because you're in denial, to me, is the most selfish thing you can do for those you leave behind. It's bad enough that they're grieving. Please don't leave them a mess. I'm Heidi Harris. Don't forget, you can catch me weekdays live in Las Vegas on 670 AM KMZQ. I'm on 8 AM to 10 AM, new extended hours, 8 AM to 10 AM, five days a week on 670 AM KMZQ. And now I'm going to be doing these podcasts twice a week, Wednesday and Friday. So you can catch me all kinds of places. HeidiHarris.com is the website, Heidi Harris Show on Twitter, Heidi Harris Show on Facebook. And don't forget to pick up my brand new book, Don't Pat Me on the Head, Blowbacks, Setbacks, and Comebacks in Vegas Radio. It's available at Amazon, and there's a link at HeidiHarris.com. Until we meet again, remember, you were created for a purpose. Here's Tony Scottwell.